You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Okay, we got four check marks. Let's get that Broncos Mile High Huddle Facebook group joining us as well because we love those people over on Facebook. Um, we got Twitch in here. We got Periscope, YouTube. We got one Facebook group. We're waiting for the last one, and there it is. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday night. Building the Broncos is here, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. I think we were a little bit late. Sorry, guys. I know that uh, typically we are right at 6, but uh, 6.03, 5.03 uh, Pacific Time where I'm at. Uh, Carl, how you doing? Welcome into uh, Building the Broncos. I'm doing well, man. I just uh, just cruising along. We got our fair this week here in town, so mm-hmm. going to have a lot of fun with that. I get to go be a judge in a demo derby, and so okay, that's going to be that pretty mean? cool. I don't know. I actually have no clue. They just said, hey, could you come be a judge out in Wichita? So uh, that's, Wichita. that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, Wichita. Well, that sounds fun. That's and, good. Yeah. How you been, man? I'm good. I um, did make it to the top of Mount St. Helens, which was pretty darn awesome. Honestly, the sleep deprivation was probably as hard as the actual climb itself. But I mean, I've been doing hard hikes and I walk the dog uh, at least three miles every day. So, uh, you know, I, I got my uh, slow cardio <laughs> in there, my, my fat burning cardio um but uh, yeah no it was really good i'm excited man august is going to be packed uh, i have a lot of backpacking trips hikes and whatnot family coming to both my parents and uh, the mother-in-law coming in august so no sleep in august as well but it's good i'm really excited broncos are gearing up and i'm excited to do this second uh, part of what we started last week naming the all afc west roster uh we did we do this every off season and it's kind of fun last week i don't know for anybody catching up carl and i almost had the exact same rosters we did not talk to each other beforehand. Um, it just happened that way. Uh, so sharing a brain there. We had a right tackle position different. Um, but other than that, it was exactly the same. So, But we're talking before this show. I think the defense is going to be a little bit harder because some of these right. positions is more difficult. Um, but before we get uh, into that too much, guys, this is Tuesday night, which means it is building the Broncos. We're here every Tuesday night uh, that either of us are available, but sometimes we'll have somebody step in, um, substitute for us, but mainly it'll be Carl and I. Uh, you can find Carl and I on Twitter, uh, Carl at Carl Dumbler, MHH, and myself at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also make sure you guys are following uh, John Buana Beast uh, when you are over on Twitter as well. He's working behind the scenes here, making sure the show runs smoothly. Uh, the product is always a billion times better when he can do it. And I'll, I just enjoy it more as well. Uh, follow John at John K M H H. Also guys follow our Twitter accounts at BTB, uh, BTB football pod and at mile high huddle. Uh, Want to also shout out to our Facebook listeners. If you are joining us on Facebook today, first click the thumbs up or the heart react. We got Gary leads Palmer coming in with the heart. Gary always loves us. Gary, love you too. Andrew Baker with the heart in there. We got Daniel height coming in with like also. So shout out to the Facebook uh, likes coming in here. We appreciate you guys while you guys are over on Facebook. Make sure you also join us facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle become a supporter join in the conversation uh you know seriously go on there add us on facebook also on either of those groups and uh, let us know what you think of these all afc west rosters you know let us know yours um it's fun to have that kind of conversation um it's you know get out of the uh the quarterback purgatory talk uh that we find ourselves in this time of year and the broncos have been the last five years um so a lot of fun there uh to get out of that um if you guys are joining us today on YouTube, uh, please, please, please subscribe, like, and share. Um, it's the number two thing you can do to support this show outside of, you know, the superstar, super sticker, super chats. Um, but uh, doing so is completely free and extremely helpful. So appreciate you guys a heck of a lot if you are doing that. And uh, let's get into the chats here. Let's say hello to everybody here. We got Stu Meat in here with the uh, the adorable kid rocking the Bronco hat. Um, so he said from social distancing. Yeah, yeah. But be careful out there, folks. Be safe. Be smart. Uh, take care of you. You know what's best for you. Take care of you and your family. Um, R. Powell coming in here. Uh, the Beast from the Rockies. Ooh, I like that one. Uh, how about the Manning Brothers? I'm definitely watching ESPN2 this year. God, I can't believe we didn't talk about Scott and I didn't talk about that this morning. It's going to be so fun. I really hope that. Do you remember that ESPN thing where they're like touring the ESPN facilities and like they're like kicking each other's butt? Mm-hmm. I hope it's some of that like behind the scenes. Like we need to have some old school ESPN uh, commercials and stuff where there's bickering and stuff. I don't, I don't have a brother, but. Uh, I have a sister and we definitely were at each other like that all the time. Yep. Um, but uh, we got 
Moran coming in here. Hola, como estas? Bien. Uh, we actually, I said that when I came in here too. So uh, echo in here. R. Powell, here we go. Good to see you, R. Powell. We got David in the house. What's up, guys? Go Broncos. Next week is the week. And uh, Aaron Rodgers rumors, anybody? We'll try to avoid those unless, you know, there's a super chat or you guys are really begging for it. Uh, we'll get in. Um, Petro Rodriguez coming here. I know he turned down a huge contract. Uh, I don't know if that was today that he turned it down or it came out today. Um, so we'll see. Um, Travis Weber coming in here. Travis, hope you're doing well. Good to see you. He says, now I want me some Watson. Uh, I'm waiting to see what happens there with everything else going on with him. Uh, but uh, very talented quarterback. And my God, if the Broncos had a quarterback of Watson's talent, this would be a team that was legitimately contending for the Super Bowl this year. Um, it just is what it is. Greg Smith in here. Good evening, fellas. Greg, good to see you. Um, that's be great to see. We got Andrew Baker in the house. Good to see you, Andrew. Uh, what's up, gang? MHH for life. Go Nick Carl beast. Heck yeah. Thank you very much. Andrew chase Wilner in the house. Also he's coming for my title, Carl of the, uh, one of the best memers in Broncos country. Cause chase puts out some bangers. I gotta, I gotta call you out chase game, respect game. Uh, here we go. BTB. Um, and uh, we're going here. Oh, Gary leads Palmer. Heck yeah, Gary. We love you so much. A 25 week streak for Gary leads Palmer. My what? God, Gary, you're on fire. That's incredible. Uh, go Broncos, go Nick and Carl. Gary, we love you, man. That is, that's incredible. Uh, I don't even know what to say. And uh, we got also Mr. Boggins coming in here. I was lucky enough to join uh, him this week. Mr. Boggins and I got to meet up sometime and have some adult beverages. I know there's a Bronco bar uh, pretty close to me here in Seattle. So uh, we'll be hitting up that fairly soon. And uh, hopefully they have some good IPAs on tap. Cause I, you know, I got the, the mustache wax going. I'm wearing all plaid, you know, that kind of thing. I got, I got to really lean into this uh, Pacific Northwest um, vibes here. But uh, Mr. Boggan says locked on NFL draft had six Broncos on the all AFC West team. Uh, do you mean the whole team or the, uh, just the defense? I think he probably means the defense. I think, um, yes, he gives the list later. Of oh, Simmons, go. Fuller, Darby, Johnson, Vaughn, and Chubb. Wow. Wow. Um, hmm. Well, um, I got to say, I'm, I'm really trying not to be a Broncos homer here. And there were some that I thought about for this Broncos team. But I got to say, there are three guys on this list that I don't have on mine. So uh, we'll see when we get there. Um, I'm excited about some of these guys and we'll talk about it, um, no doubt. Uh, but uh, I don't have all these guys. Um, so that's uh, that's pretty darn interesting. And Carl, uh, let's get into it. Um, okay. Would you rather start in the secondary or would you rather start on in the uh, defensive front? Let's start in the trenches because I okay. think I think we're actually going to probably agree a little bit more in the trenches than maybe mm-hmm. the secondary. And can we lay out also the uh, the format for everybody yes. as well, like the position? So last week we had thirteen uh, positions uh, listed for that all division team. We're going to do thirteen again uh, this week just to balance it, leaning more so towards the uh, the secondary because that's just the NFL today, right? There's you play more dime than you do base. Um, nobody fact check me on that one. Cause I'm just talking on my butt on that one, but it's, <laughs> it's trending that way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we got Mike S in the house. What's up Broncos country. Um, we got chase Walner still talking in here. How you doing chase? Tyron Matthew, our Powell's in the house talking about PS2, uh, Carl, before we get going or actually I'll say what it is first, two edges, three interior defensive linemen, two linebackers, uh, three cornerbacks, two safeties and a defensive back. So if you wanted to throw in another safety or another cornerback, you know, with how, a lot of guys also play a lot of different things. Um, I just added that defensive back one in there. Did you have any qualms about that before we get going? Should I have had another linebacker in there taking off a defensive back or something like that? No, I mean, like, like I said, just with the way the game's going, I think if you're looking at players that make the biggest impacts and especially AFC West, there, there's you and I talked about it before the show linebackers. It's a pretty average group mm-hmm. and I'd yeah. rather not take a, an all-star player off of this list for an average player that I'm struggling to even want to put on the list. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you completely. Um, I did debate a little bit that third interior defensive lineman, uh, maybe even like have a, it'd be more valuable to have a third edge on there, but uh, we're talking all pro team enough of the teams run three, four base that uh, I was going to include it on there. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get into it. And I say, let's start with the, uh, the interior defensive lineman first. Um, just because we'll, we'll work our way out from that. Um, and we had three here. I'm going to guess uh, off the bat, we have one that's definitely universal, and mm-hmm. that would be Chris Jones of yes. the Kansas City Chiefs, um, arguably the second best interior defensive lineman in football, um, only behind that of Aaron Donald. I think there's an argument for uh, DeForest Buckner as well. Maybe somebody else in the chat can uh, get get at us in that as well, if there's somebody I'm forgetting there. But uh, Chris Jones, um, Carl, you know this was the draft before you and I 
join forces here, but uh, Chris Jones had my heart. Um, that's who I really wanted the Broncos to draft in the first round of that uh, 2016 draft. They end up taking Paxton Lynch instead is what it is. You know, I'm uh, taking the quarterback, taking the shot on the quarterback. I get it. I loved Chris Jones. Um, I really wanted to pair that with uh, Von Miller at the time. And I thought Chris Jones was just a special blend of length, power, burst, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's special. Gosh darn the Chiefs for getting him because I love him. He's also added me on Twitter before where I said, oh, man, Chris Jones, come join the Broncos. He's like, nah, I'm good, fam. Chris Jones, <laughs> that cuts deep, buddy. You don't got to do that to me. Um, I know. But uh, yeah, Chris Jones, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. I mean, like I said, top three, at worst, top five interior defense lineman football. And that's being honestly very critical at that point. I mean, if all Bronco fans are being honest, he just is, he's, he's up there. Uh, great pass rusher, good against the run, just fits today's NFL perfect. And one of the few players on that Chiefs defense you have to account for on every single play. He can destroy a game by himself. So he's easily the, the best interior defensive lineman in the AFC West. It, it's not even close. Yeah, we got, uh, he's a star. Speaking of stars, yeah. here comes Justin with the stars over on Facebook. Thank you very much, Justin. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, the Chiefs, they got a good one there. Um, they paid him a heck of a lot. Uh, obviously, how do you feel about Jones and his cap? You don't let stars walk. And I would say that Chris Jones is a star. Um, yep. And if you do, that's just bad for business, bad for the locker room also. Um, yep. So uh, you, you make it work, right? Like if you have to kind of be thin somewhere else, you keep your stars unless they have... Uh, off the field issues that uh, make them not worth it. But uh, Chris Jones, superstar. I got no issue here. Um, next one, Carl, for me, interior defensive lineman, my only Las Vegas Raider, my only Las Vegas Raider on this whole team, Jonathan Hankins. Uh, the Broncos a couple years ago tried really hard to bring in Jonathan Hankins. Um, no disrespect to Mike Purcell, who they did wind up with, but the Broncos approached him and tried to bring him in. The Raiders poached him instead. Um, and he, I think he's one of the more underrated uh one technique, nose tackles in the game. They're paying him a pretty penny, so it's not like the best value. Um, but he's really good at what he's asked to do, and uh, I feel like I had to have him on my list here. So I have Jonathan Hankins as the only Raider. What a pitiful defense. God, they're just terrible, but Hankins is at least <laughs> above average. So I do have one Raider, but it's not him. Hmm. I'm going to be curious to see who it is. Yes, and, and this is where I, I went back and forth on this defensive line. Do I want like that, that true defense built where you got the, the pass rushers like Chris Jones and then like a nose tackle, or do I just want the three best that I consider the interior? Uh, and so I decided just to go with the three best mm. and, and just kind of sort it out from there. But I'll, I'll put Shelby Harris here. I mean, okay. you and I've talked about it many times. Um, a couple of years ago, I would not have paid Shelby Harris big money. Because, yes, he had a ton of knockdown passes, but he was average against the run, average as an actual pass rusher other than the knockdowns. Like, that was his one elite skill, and that's not enough for me to want to go pay the guy. This last year, he really took it up a notch, actually getting into the backfield, making plays, did well against the run, uh, just became an all-around defensive player. Glad the Broncos got him signed to a long-term contract, and I just think he's the second-best interior player in the AFC West. Yeah, I have uh, Shelby Harris listed as well as my third interior defensive lineman. So uh, he's right up there. Um, is there anybody that uh, potentially, um, obviously you have your third one here, so let's get to it. But first, Brian Greenfield coming in over on YouTube. Thank you very much, Brian, for the $5 super. Uh, you're consistently in here uh, sh supporting us. And I uh, just want to let you know that that means a heck of a lot to us. I know that it's the dead season, although we are approaching training camp just next week. So things will be uh, really taking off here. Um, so that'll be great. But, uh, Brian's been consistent and, uh, we see you and appreciate you, Brian, uh, for, you know, just showing us so much love. So we'll show it back. Um, but Carl, your third interior defensive lineman. So we do have two of the three, the same, um, yep. but you said you didn't have Jonathan Hankins. So our first, uh, disagreement here, your third defensive lineman. So I, I decided to do a little projection on this one. Are you going to say a guy that you liked a lot coming out? I'm going to say Draymond Jones, actually. Oh, wow. Draymond. I, okay. The floor is yours, man. I'm in. Okay. Well, it, it just, again, I value pass rush from the interior probably more than ability to stop the run uh, just because it's such a unique skill. Like you can find run stuffers left and right. That's never been a problem. Finding a guy that can actually get after the quarterback that can win one-on-one -on -one battles. Uh, really the best quarterbacks in the NFL, they don't struggle as much with edge rushers. Like they can manipulate yeah. them 
they can make, you know, I, I think back to that 2012 game against the Ravens and mm-hmm. I hate to bring that up. I know everybody doesn't want to talk about it, PTSD. but they pretty much just said, Hey, Joe Flacco, step up in the pocket. They don't have an interior pass rush. Don't let the edge guys beat you. And so that's all he did. The entire game just stepped up into a clean pocket. And so, and Steve, yes, thank you for the stars. Really appreciate it. Um, I, I just want to make sure we, we acknowledge all of that because you guys are just yeah. really the best. Uh, you guys are the the true stars here. But uh, but no, I, I just think I think Draymond Jones is that next guy that's just going to burst onto the scene. You know, third year, this is where you really see those interior guys take off. And I just think he is set up for a huge success, especially if the edge guys stay healthy. He's going to get those one-on-one opportunities. And, you know, Shelby Harris is going to get a lot of attention as well. He's going to have some chances just to blow up teams this year. And I think he's going to put up some pretty big stats. Man, that's a, that's a great one. I like that you uh, called him out. I thought maybe for a second you were leaning into one of your pre-draft crushes in uh, Jerry Tillery over no. on the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, but, yeah, I think Draymond could have a fantastic year. He's got something, though, that I feel like we're not talking about I mean, it's because we're just so shrouded in the quarterback conversation, but uh, Draymond Jones back-to-back years missing games because of injury. Uh, He needs to stay healthy this year. That's a big one. And I feel like those injuries also not only caused him to lose time, but uh, he wasn't as impactful when he came back to that. So we got Chase coming in here saying uh, when Glasgow was on the pod, shout out to uh, Glasgow for that. Uh, He said that Draymond has been a handful in drills. That's what you want to hear. I mean, Vic Fangio, I know there's somebody on the podcast or the show in the community a couple weeks ago saying like, Oh man, Vic Fangio needs to blitz more. Why isn't he blitzing? Why isn't he blitzing? Vic doesn't want to blitz and teams don't want to blitz. Honestly, like some guys do, but uh, I think today's NFL, you got to be able to win with four pass rush with four. That's what we saw in the Super Bowl. Everybody's like talking about the linebackers that no doubt the Tampa Bay linebackers are great. I saw four pass rushers that were absolutely just beating the absolute breaks off the chiefs offensive line. And that caused everything to crater for that chiefs offense. So uh, yeah, if you can get after the, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to get to this, Mr. Boggins saying uh, this is where they just threw Chubb into the interior, interior and had Bosa and Vaughn on the edge. That's cheating. Yeah. And Nick and I are not about cheating. So nope. <laughs> as much as I really wanted to get Chubb onto this group, he just, when we only got two edges, that, that's well, a, a tough place to, to get to. Let's get into it because uh, I have Chubb making it. I have, uh, I'll just list both my edges here. I have Bradley Chubb and Joey Bosa. I don't have Von Miller on my all AFC West team. And I know that's controversial. Hello, Jay. How you doing there? Um, but uh, I think Chubb is uh, an ascending player and Von Miller is a guy who's, he's still great, but uh, I do not know if he is what he used to be. And also he's coming off of a pretty serious injury um, as well. I know that Chubb has been dealing with uh, an injury rehab as well, but uh, I feel like right now the most valuable, like if there was a complete redraft of the, this division, Joey Bosa would be picked before either Chubb or Vaughn, uh, given his age and how good he's been. Um, so I have to put Bosa on there. And I'm doing a little bit. You did projection for Jones. I'm projecting for Chubb. I think that okay. Chubb's a guy who's a rising star. Um, it hurts me tremendously to leave Vaughn off this list, but uh, it's just a for fun list, right? Like, so, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I wanted to be different. Uh, I had a hard time leaving Vaughn off, uh, but I went with Chubb instead. Okay. I went with Vaughn. Just, I, I do think this can be a very elite year for him. He's one of the, those guys. It seems like after an injury, he comes back very, very strong. Um, so I'm just not not too worried about him. And I mean, he's always been a physical specimen. Yeah, I, I just I really do trust that he's going to have a great season. And like I said, if these if the front four can stay healthy, all of them are going to have some opportunities throughout the year just to go make some really big plays. And I, I just I don't know who's going to end up being the guy that has the most sacks. I think. I think Bradley Chubb could end up with the most sacks on the team yeah, because he is going to get more one-on-one opportunities than Von Miller, I think. But uh, yeah, it was, it was very, very close between those two. Yeah. We'll get into the edges a little bit more here. I want to hear some Joey Bosa talk because he is pretty darn talented. Um, But Travis Tarbox in the house saying I showed up a little late fellas, but I'll go back and watch what I missed, man. That's commitment. Travis. Thank you so much. Uh, Stars as well. Um, and Denver Broncos for life. Um, also, we had uh, Andrew Baker coming in the house here. Thank you so much, Andrew Baker. Andrew's also leaving the Heart React on Facebook. Don't think I didn't see that, Andrew. We appreciate that. Um, he says, cheers, Nick and Carl. Oh, cheers. I got my Iowa beer shirt on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> adult beverages. Uh, cheers, Nick and Carl. Enjoying grilling and swimming with my boys. But who is going to be the leader on offense? Possibly Bulls is the vet who stepped up the game. Um, It seems like right now the Broncos – team themselves are rolling out Melvin Gordon a lot 
who I know is a veteran uh, player on this team, uh, played pretty well also, or uh, paid pretty well, which oftentimes, you know, that talks in the locker room. Um, another one is Graham Glasgow, also another guy that they keep putting out in front of the media, like pointing out, like, this is the guy who's getting the platform because the credentials, because of the level of play, et cetera, a known quantity as well. So yeah. uh, I'd probably lean uh, into Glasgow and Gordon right now with uh, emerging leaders with uh, Cortland Sutton and, and Garrett Bowles. Uh, those yeah. would be my guys. The, the other guy they've rolled out a decent en- number of times this year is Noah Fant. Noah Fant, too, yes. That, I think he's, he's well-spoken, so I think that's part of it is he does well in front of the media. Uh, you know, you, you like to stick a guy that can talk well. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, I yeah, they, they got some decent veterans. I think that's the nice thing about the offense is they got yeah. a, a decent mix of a few veterans to kind of lead the way and a lot of young guys to kind of push everybody to go out there and prove themselves, so... Hopefully that pays off this year. We'll see how that offense gels as the season goes. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's very true. And we got a question from Don Olson saying, "Hey guys, I've often wondered if a badass linebacker like Carl Mecklenburg, drafted in the twelfth round, could even make it in the modern NFL." Uh, Carl Mecklenburg wore many hats, not like like Randy Gratishar level of hats, but uh, linebacker is a position where it's great to have athleticism, but instincts, technique awareness the ability to process information is more important than those actual athletic tools uh so i think that mecklenburg would definitely have been able to play in today's nfl right like there's no way he's that much lesser of an athlete than josie jewel or alexander johnson right like neither of those guys are lighting up the stat sheet at the combine although josie jewel had an incredible three cone who would have saw that coming (laughs) um but uh you know that's uh that's that's an interesting one um and i would add back then the NFL didn't always appreciate guys that were multiple mm-hmm. or today's NFL. Yeah. They, they really love guys that are multiple that you can move around the formation and have them win in many different ways. Uh, so I, I think he'd do just fine. And like I said, his instincts were off the charts. It didn't matter what position you played at, played him at. He was a star. Yeah. There's very few guys that can actually go out there and do that. Even back then in those days for the NFL. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Curtis Everett, what's up boys? Hope you're doing well, Curtis. Thank you for the shout out. Um, so the edge rushers, uh, I left off Vaughn, you left off Chubb. We both had Bosa. Um, would you agree with me that Bosa is probably the number one edge in this division right now? Unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say, and edge rusher is a position where I'd rather have two great ones than one that's like a little bit better, right? So I'd like the combo of Vaughn and Chubb is blows the charges out of the water. Now yep. that they have lost Ingram and who knows what's going on at the other edge rusher position in Chen and Uosu, I think off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, Bosa, both on our list. Um, really good. Number three overall pick from Ohio State a few years ago. Uh, if he can stay healthy, <laughs> that's the big one. But that's true for all these edge rushers, I guess. Right. Uh, but uh, Joey Bosa, what do you think? I mean, one of the best run defend- defending edges in the NFL. The Bosa brothers both have some of the best technique in football. Their ability to win a hand fight and just win with that kind of power and technique. It, it just it's amazing to watch. You know, they're, they're not going to be the benders around the edge. They're not going to be Von Miller or the knees about touching the ground kind of thing, but they can win in ways that just, it, he would be such a nice compliment to Von Miller. Like if those two could have been together somehow, that that's what you're hoping Bradley Chubb can become because Bradley Chubb's not a bender around the edge either. But, uh, but like I said, just that technique, they come into the game with intelligence. They know how to, to win against uh, multiple tackles um, and like I said, they're always in the right position at the right time, especially in the run game. So it, it just, it is, it's fun to watch them. I hate that they're with on a, a rival team, but it is what it is. Like I said, you, you recognize greatness. Yeah. Uh, no, man, absolutely. That's a, uh, that's right. So, and also just trying to say, you know, we're not biased here. Um, so is what it is. Travis coming in saying it'll be great to watch Josie Jewel again against Saquon Barkley. Uh, like the last time they lit each other up during the Iowa Penn State game. I was at that game. Um, absolutely ripped my heart out, but uh, it was really fun to watch uh, Saquon Barkley go at it. He's a special talent. Um, Michael's in the house. Good evening, Nick and Carl and go Broncos. Um, good to see you, Michael. I uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, so, yeah, Carl, we have the so far two differences. Um, it really did pain me to leave Von Miller off the list. It's no disrespect to Vaughn, but just with the injury coming off the age, I right. leaned into the younger guys here. Um, I would, I really hope I'm wrong. Um, next, probably the least interesting position, given the lack of talent um, for all of it, is probably the linebacker group. And I'm going to let give you the floor first. Uh, linebackers, you can list both, or you can list one of them at a time. 
All right, I'll, I'll start off with uh, Josie Jewell. Uh, of the Josie. two, Bron- yeah, I, I went I went with the Iowa boy. I I know a lot of people lean towards Alexander Johnson for the Broncos because he has made some of the highlight plays. But to me, Josie Jewell was the more consistent guy. You throw in his leadership that he brings on the field, that he is the guy that's calling the plays, getting people in the right position. And, and you see, there, there's just so many times because of his lack of athleticism, he has to have great instincts to go out there and win. And there was very few moments where he was out of position last year where he guessed wrong. And that, that's just something that I really value in my linebackers. Like you said, it just instincts trump athleticism. You still need some athleticism. Like th- there's guys that have incredible instincts that just can't make it to the play. Uh, but there's been so many great athletes that can't make it in the NFL. They could do it in college because they could see ball, go hit ball. NFL, you got to be a step ahead. Otherwise, the guy's gone. A Saquon Barkley, he's going to make you look silly if you're a step behind. And so that, that's why I have Josie Jewell even over Alexander Johnson for the Brock, or for this all AFC West team. Yeah, and uh, we got Joe Sawyer saying AFC West linebacker position is trash. Uh, it's kind of the antithesis of the tight end position, right? Like we had two tight ends and neither of us could list Noah Fant, even though in any other division, he would be the guy. In most divisions, he'd be the number one, honestly, or an argument for number one with uh, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. Not the case in the AFC West right now. Maybe that'll change here soon because um, Trav- Noah Fant's incredible um, or an incredible talent, but uh, just is what it is right now. Andrew Morrow coming into the $10 super over on YouTube. Thank you very much, Andrew. And he says, Hey gents at Disney with the fam, Disneyland or Disney Ooh. world. You got you know, the difference there. You got to let us know so we can find you. No, I'm just kidding. Enjoying you. No, I'm uh, mind, <laughs> mind blowing their mind, mind blowing their minds and saying big shout out to the Bruce family and Amelia Morrow. Enjoy Disney world and go Broncos. All right. Well, there big shout out to the Bruce family and Amelia Morrow. Enjoy Disney world. There's the answer and go yeah. Broncos. Uh, Glad I could blow their minds. Um, and Andrew, thank you for uh, taking your family out for to create some memories, right? Like, yeah. you can buy stuff, you can hold on to stuff, but I'm very much of the opinion that you go out there, you make some memories, and uh, whatever it costs you, you know, just create some fun times so that way you can look back on them. So yeah. shout out to you for uh, being a good dad. My, uh, my parents and my sisters and my niece and my neighbors just got back from Disney World mm. um, just this last – yeah, they went last week. So – they had a, a decent time. My, uh, It's kind of one of those, you hear from the kids, they had a great time. You hear from the parents, they're like, I waited two hours for every single ride. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's always, like I said, it's about the memories. Those kids will never forget it. And the family, it's just always kind of, when you look back a year later, especially, you're always going, man, I'm glad we did that. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, Carl, um, I wrote down Alexander Johnson's name first. I deleted it and put Josie Jewell because I wanted to be different because I thought you'd put Alexander Johnson or somebody would, but uh, you put down Josie Jewell and so did I. Um, It's This is not because Jewell is a true amazing player at the linebacking position. I do think he's very underrated for the Broncos from the Broncos fans. Um, No problem, Andrew. Um, Thank you, and go have fun with your family. Thanks for joining us, but uh, go have some fun, bud. Uh, But uh, Josie Jewell, I do have him listed here. I did go back and forth. Um, There was a couple other linebackers I considered uh, here as well I, that I did not list on mine. Uh, Corey Littleton, he the Raiders paid him big money. He was so bad last year, though, so I didn't add him. Nick Kwiaskowski, um, I was very close to writing him as well. I didn't, so I didn't have to pronounce his name. Here I am. He was bad <laughs> last year also. Um, but uh, th- that's just kind of the state of the linebackers in the AFC West. So um, the other guy yep. I have, uh, I did have Josie Jewell. Alexander Johnson's right in there. I wrote Kenneth Murray. I was not a big fan of Kenneth Murray as a first-round draft pick. Um, he played okay last year. Um, but he's very much a, a dog chasing cars out there far too often. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, he'll be a second year this year. He brings a lot as far as uh, limiting yards after the catch on those like swing passes or screens because he can close space in a hurry, kind of like what we saw with the Buccaneers last year. Got a lot of work to do because I feel like at Oklahoma and some of the Chargers last year, he his play both took out some big plays, but also resulted in big plays because he's not disciplined. Um, but that's just kind of where the AFC West is with linebackers. So I do have Kenneth Murray listed here. Okay, well, I went with the guy that you struggled to pronounce, Nick Kwiatkowski. Um, hopefully I said that halfway right. I'm not going to say it again. We'll just call him Nick. Um, Nick K. I, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Pretty good name there. But yeah. uh, no, I, I went with him mostly because I wanted a guy that offered at least a little bit of coverage. 
Yeah. He, he's not great against the run. I mean, all these guys, you could look at their game and say, okay, they're, they're decent in this area, terrible in this area. And I decided I'm going to lean towards a guy that can halfway do some coverage. Mm. I think last year, if I looked right, he only gave up like 200 yards in coverage in his direction. Yeah. A quarterback rating of like 82, which for linebackers is actually pretty good. Yeah. I, I think he was one of the better coverage linebackers in all the AFC West, if not the best. So th- that's why I kind of lean that direction. Again, it, it's, you and I talk. I, I I messaged you before all this, and I said, "What position are you struggling with the most to figure out?" And we both said linebacker. Yeah, it just it's a lot of average guys that you're just kind of figuring out what do you want on the field. Yeah, it's uh, not really true difference makers right now there, but uh, that's kind of true for the linebacking position across the NFL, right? It just feels that way. Um, looking at it, uh, especially, and do you think there's some? selection bias here with the linebackers as well because oh they're bad they're having to go up against austin eckler they're having to go up against noah fant they're having to go up against darren waller they're having to go up against travis kelsey like are they actually that bad or is it just it's that much harder to play linebacker in the afc west probably both but like i think it's a fair thing to ponder yeah i mean like we knew josie jewel was never going to be like top end kind of linebacker that his ceiling was going to be middle of the pack kind of linebacker and and nicely he's actually hitting his ceiling you know most guys don't hit quite their ceiling alexander johnson i mean we've known his strengths and weaknesses that he has some really good strengths his ability to blitz up the middle his ability to have some big hits he's also decent in zone coverage because he's big he's long he can go make a few plays that way Uh, but he's limited because not the greatest athlete not the greatest change of direction at times does guess the wrong direction to go and and you can mm-hmm. do that for every afc west linebacker that you can yeah. see those those weaknesses show up game in game out it doesn't matter if they're playing the chiefs or if they're playing the giants uh the cowboys whoever it may be they're going to show those weaknesses in each of those games so i like i said i think it's a little bit of both their, their numbers get a, a little bit blown up just because of the talent they're going against but they're still not great yeah, we got a linebacker question here for the Broncos specifically from Chase Wellner. Uh, shout out to Chase. Is Baron Browning more of a off-ball linebacker? We'll call it instead of inside linebacker. An off-ball linebacker or an edge in your opinions? Uh, Eric Trickle thinks he's going to be an off-ball linebacker. Uh, I think he could do both, and I this season is going to probably be a telling for what direction he goes. I think ideally they'd like him to play off-ball linebacker, uh, but that takes a little bit more on the instincts and uh, technique than the edge position where you can just kind of fire off, right? Like there, there obviously is technique to the edge rushing position. There's technique to every position, but I would say that the off ball linebacker is far more of a, a heady position and a processing speed position. And that's something that Browning struggled with at Ohio state. Uh, probably a guy who maybe was asked to wear too many hats for that Ohio state defense um, that maybe uh, stunted his development. So yeah. Browning is one. I think that his play is going to determine that I think he could succeed at either, but I think they're going to, he's going to have to fail, fail at uh, the off ball linebacker position before he is relegated to the edge position. Yeah. I I think if you wanted him to be successful, his rookie year, I'd put him at edge. I think that's where he'd be better. Cause like you said, it's not about the instincts as much. It's more that athleticism can actually shine through. Yep. And I, I do think instincts is his lowest thing right now. I mean, he showed it in college. He struggled with that at times. He was out of position. There are some games where it's just like, where are you, man? You're not even on screen. It, it was hard to find him a couple times because he yeah. went the opposite direction. He fell for the the misdirection or whatever it may be. And you can't have that as your off-ball linebacker because he's going to get – they're just going to target him the entire game. Um, so, But if I'm looking long-term, especially for the Broncos, I'm sitting there saying – I want to see him succeed at off-ball linebacker. And so I'm trying to get him as much up to speed in that area as possible. Yep. that's um, I agree with you there. And just kind of a caveat here while we're talking about this is obviously the Broncos had a good draft class, we think. We're excited about a lot of these guys. I have no expectations for 2021 for any of these guys other than Patrick, Patrick Sertan II, Javonta Williams. The rest of them, I think about them as like, you know, do not open until Christmas labeled on them. You know, Quinn Miners, Baron Browning, Caden Stearns, Jamar Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. If you can get anything from them this season, awesome. If I don't see them play a single snap on offense or defense, if they're relegated to special teams this year, 
will be something we'll talk about a year from now. Like, oh, we don't know. Same with McTelvin Ajim. Does that make them a bust? Or, you know, they're completely, you know, uh, write them off? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, guys, just be patient right. for those guys. Like Browning this year, he's already missed a big chunk of the uh, offseason program because of an injury. If you don't see him this year besides special teams, be patient. You got four years to figure out what he's doing. I, I would be surprised, other than injury, to see any of those other guys for any kind of significant snaps. It's hard for me to see them beating the guys that are ahead of them. And I think that answers uh, KB82's question, kind of. Uh, which of the young linebackers has the best chance to start by the end of the year? I guess I would have to say Stranod because it's the second year in the scheme. Um, he's also not dealing with the injury. But um, I don't think that outside of injury, you're going to see Stranod this year. I mean, you will see him. I think there'll be some sub-package stuff where they're taking one of the linebackers off the field for Stranod. But uh, outright displaying, displacing Jewel or Johnson, I don't think that's happening this season. I think that's much more. I think Jewel and Johnson are both free agents at the end of this year. Right? Is that yes? Right there? So yes. The question is more so: uh, which of those two guys potentially gets a contract from the Broncos, and who starts opposite him between Stranod and Browning? I think that's the much more interesting question there, rather than which young linebacker displaces Johnson or Jewel. Because I just I don't see that happening this year, outside of injury. And speaking of young guys, Kane Dawson. Do you guys ever think back and regret Denver not drafting Devin Bush instead of trading back and drafting Fant? No. No. <laughs> that was, man, that was perfect timing. Uh, you're right. Devin Bush has not been good. He, it, he's been okay. He's been, he's been fine. But okay, for, for a top 10 pick, though. Yeah. yeah. When I'm thinking top 10, I'm thinking you're going to become a top 10 player at your position. I mean, that, that's why I have a little bit of issue with Patrick Sertan being taken for the Broncos. Do I see him becoming a, a top five, top seven cornerback in football? Maybe. I mean, he can get there. I just I struggle a little bit with that. Uh, but Devin Bush, yeah, he has not made it into the top 10 linebackers in football. He just he looks lost on a lot of plays. He misses a lot of tackles. He's a little bit smaller against the run where you see him again, get kind of washed out of some plays. He's not been great. Where Noah Fant, I think he could be one of the the biggest ascending players of the season. If yeah. he gets any kind of like average quarterback play, Noah Fant could become a top five tight end in football this year. Yep, I think if uh, if you're trading up in the top ten, you're not trading up for a quarterback. You better damn well be trading up for a position of value and uh, trading up for the least valuable position on the defensive side of the ball. In linebacker, I'm just going to say that outright, unless you want to get real specific and say nose tackle, but I'm not. I'm roping interior defensive linemen together. But the uh, linebacker, you know, that guy's got to be pretty darn special to work out. And uh, Devin Bush, another one where, you know, athleticism does not correlate to coverage ability because linebacker is such a heady base position, processing speed, awareness, instincts. You can be the greatest athlete ever. I mean, uh, Boss Bailey, Champ Bailey's brother, is like one of the best athletes to ever play the game of football. I mean, he just like his. Uh, pro day is like talked about still in legend just what a freak athlete he was didn't see the game very well did not process the field did not process information that well in front of him ended up being a guy who just kicked around the league for a while so you know that's one of those positions you gotta have it um so um we'll see it um not that Devin Bush doesn't have it but uh he's not there yet for sure Ken Booker coming in Ken how you doing he says what's up fellas hot take Kyle Fuller be the number one cornerback in the division well this is a Great transition here uh, because we should talk a little bit of cornerbacks um, here. We have three cornerbacks each. Um, Carl, I'll go first. I do have Kyle Fuller written down. Mm-hmm. I know that he is a, a one-year deal. Um, so what does that mean for the Broncos long-term of the position? I don't know. And I've also, I think I've said a couple of times that, oh, Kyle Fuller is 30 years old. I think he's only 29 um, years old or he's going to be 29. So he's still relatively young. That cliff is coming the, the cliff uh, for the cornerback position, but uh, not there yet. Um, and for this year specifically, I think that uh, he's going to be good this year. Kyle Fuller, yep. how he, how well he plays, you know, he's playing for a bigger salary cap next year because of the condensed salary cap. So hopefully hoping to get paid uh, after this, maybe that won't be with the Broncos because they like what they have youth wise uh, or want to spend money elsewhere. But um, it's, I think it'd be hard not to add Kyle Fuller to this uh, top three cornerbacks in the division right now. Right. Well, you especially, you look at the last time he was paired with Vic Fangio. He was yeah. an all pro cornerback. And he's a couple years older, but at the same time, he's still young enough that you can see that he can turn that on. That he, And it's not going to take him as long to learn this defense or what they're going to ask of him by any means. And, of course, coaching staff knowing exactly how to use him. 
all that's going to play to him yeah. having a very good season. Throw in, you know, it's nice where this year the Broncos really don't have to move cornerbacks around. Like he doesn't have to go against the number one wide receiver every single play. You can have some kind of rotation there a little bit, or you can say, hey, you're just going to stay on this side of the field. You know, whatever you want to do, you can kind of do at the secondary. They can get really, really creative. So, uh, yes, I have Kyler, I have Fuller on my list as my number one cornerback in the division. Um, do you have another Bronco? I do not. Ooh. I do not have another Bronco at the cornerback position. Cornerback okay. was actually another one that I had a hard time with, but that was just because there were so many options um, to pick from. And I wanted to highlight some guys that I thought uh, a to be contrarian because we were boring last week with our yeah. uh, our list, um, and also because I really didn't want to be a homer. Um, so I have more Broncos on this uh, list than any other team. Granted, probably should be with the Broncos defense this year. Um, but uh, and also I didn't. Uh, Joe Sawyer coming here. Callahan has a number one slot. I didn't specify slot versus non-slot um, in this drill, uh, so I don't have Callahan either. Um, but uh, I guess I'll go with a real dark horse here. And this is, I feel like we forgot about this, but this is somebody that the Broncos apparently approached in the offseason and were interested in uh, bringing in. And uh, he went back to his old team and signed a big contract. And that's Mike Davis, um, cornerback from the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, probably one of the more slept-on cornerbacks in football, uh, probably one of the most physical cornerbacks in football also. Um, and I feel like he is not very well appreciated for how talented he is. I think he's the best line or best cornerback on that chargers team. No disrespect to Chris Harris jr. But just where he's at in his career right now. And uh, I think Davis, maybe the most underappreciated defensive player in, in the entire division. So I uh, wanted to give Mike Davis a shout out. He got paid like it too. Okay. Okay. Not, I mean, I, I don't have him on my list. Uh, yeah. I do have number two, Bryce Callahan. Okay. Uh, I, I know some people are saying slot, but even on the outside last year, he looked good. Yeah. Again, he he's right back in the system. He looked like a top 10 cornerback last year in football, even for his size. I mean, some of the pl- players he was going against, he had no problem staying with them. Uh, if he can stay healthy for an entire season, I mean, that, that's a big question mark with him. But when he's actually on the field, he is easily one of the top cornerbacks like I said, at least top 15 in the NFL injuries concern me with him, but uh, he's very talented, versatile. Um, He's going to start this year and the Broncos hopefully don't have an injury there, but if they do, they can lean on that depth. Uh, My next cornerback, another guy that again, I'm trying to be contrarian here. I thought about Bryce Callahan. I thought about Ronald Darby, but I didn't want to have, you know, twice as many Broncos as any other division on here because then somebody would call, uh, homerism also i didn't want to be the exact same as you so i thought maybe i put somebody out here that had less of a chance of being on your list i went with, uh i went with legerious sneed uh as my next cornerback uh he was the best rookie cornerback in football last season i loved him coming out of louisiana tech he played cornerback they moved him to safety i don't know why louisiana tech did that uh he moved back to cornerback for the chiefs last year he was awesome god darn it chiefs uh gosh darn it chiefs um but i found another late round gem uh and I think he had to be given a shout out there. Now that means I'm leaving off Ronald Darby. That means I'm leaving off Bryce Callahan. It means I'm leaving off Chris Harris Jr. It's the like I said, it's the opposite of the linebacker room. There's a lot of good, lot a lot of good cornerbacks in this division, um, and they deserve shout outs. But uh, I wanted to be a little bit different. It doesn't look by your reaction that I am different. Um, and uh, add Legereus Need. <laughs> yeah. See. Yeah. Even when you try to be different, we're the same. No, you're, you're right. I think he was one of the more underrated Chiefs last year. Nobody was talking about him, but. Really, of all the rookie cornerbacks, he was the best last season. By far, C.J. Henderson, Jeffrey Okuda, both those guys on bad defenses, Mm -hmm. um, bad teams. But uh, Legereus Need was really, really good. Yes, he was. And so you're right. The the Chiefs got themselves another good player that they probably shouldn't have that went a lot later than he should have. Cheap cost controlled, too. Yep, exactly. And he's set up for a lot of success success moving forward. I, I do wonder a little bit since they lost some of their secondary players, how he's going to look this season when he's maybe given a little bit more responsibility than he did last, last season. Um, but still, like I said, I loved his play did really well, made that defense halfway work, even though they didn't have as much talent as, uh, as they did even the year before that. Um, yeah. So he, he's going to be kind of that next ascending player for them. 
hundred percent. Well, uh, I'm glad we were very different on the cornerback position, but, uh, you know, that's, that's fun. It just, there's a lot of talent in the cornerback room this year. Um, we got Andrew Baker coming back in saying Simmons is going to rally that secondary and ball hawk it. Maybe not no fly zone 2.0, but close enough. Uh, hopefully so Andrew Baker, that would be ideal. Um, if the Broncos, you know, like ESPN said, the Broncos had 32 out of 32 ranked quarterback rooms, you're going to need the no fly zone 2.0 to, <laughs> to make the playoffs, let yep. alone contend for a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, but that would be ideal. Got to stay healthy first and got to see them on the field, right? It's all projection. And we're talking right now. Uh, let's see what the final product looks like when they're all out there on the field, executing this yep. pretty complicated scheme uh, for Vic Fangio also. So, but uh, thank you very much for the comment, Andrew. Uh, you're great. Uh, now we have two safeties and a defensive back. I did go with a third safety on that one as well, but uh, a lot of these safeties are very versatile and they can do a lot of different things. And every single one of these safeties I picked are, very different types also. So I'm excited about that. Um, number one, best safety in the division, uh, Justin Simmons. Um, he is perfect for this scheme that the pre-snap too high that can go to a uh, cover one, cover three kind of looks or dropping down or, you know, playing over the slot. Uh, and because of that, he's just so perfect for this Vic Fangio scheme. Hands on the ball pretty well, despite the bad field position, despite the offense turning over the ball like crazy. Um, so I, lo- I love Justin Simmons. Um, I loved yep. him going into that draft. I'm glad he's been as good as he has. I don't think any any of us foresaw this, right? I think we coming out of that uh, 2017, 2018 draft. Was this 2017, 2018? I think 2017 draft. We're like, yeah, Justin Simmons is our favorite pick of that class because um, we liked him so much. That game, Boston College versus Notre Dame, where he picked off Notre Dame's quarterback like three or four times. I mean, God, I think Notre Dame was wearing those ugly green uniforms too. Ugh, Notre Dame. Um, but uh, Justin Simmons, definitely on the list. Too talented. Got to be out yeah. there. I think he was 2016. Because he had his four-year contract, then a year on the franchise tag, and now heading into this season. I think you're right. Yep, yep. I think you're right. Yep. Uh, but you're right. No, that was we, – we talked about it on the show, how much we love that pick. Thought he would turn into a star. It took him a couple years. You know, he, he kind of – yeah, it, it does. I, I think he's a great example of just what you can see in some of the development of a player. And, you know, you get to see some of the signs of, of good things moving forward and how he's growing as a player. And now it's become a true star, all pro kind of talent. And thankfully, looking at the franchise tag this year, I'm so glad they got a deal done before they even had to worry about that. You know, I hate, I hate when I have, you know, like with the Broncos with Vaughn Miller or Demarius Thomas, where they wait till the very last day. Like, I understand when there's a, a deadline, things to get worked out but I just wish they could come together and just say, Hey, we're not leaving this room until a deal is done and just get it done. Uh, but I know that's not how it works. <sighs> yeah. That's why I probably couldn't be a GM. Cause I would just be like, all right, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> you guys aren't going to talk to me. I'm not going to talk to you, but uh, anyway, yes, Justin Simmons, easy pick, probably the easiest pick on this list uh, other than Chris Jones. Yeah. I, I yeah. would say, uh, and, and maybe this next safety as well. Um, Tyran Mateo, easy pick. Yep. Um, uh, is it Mateo or Mateo? Ma- I looked it up. It's Mat- Mateo. Er, Honey Badger. He don't Mateo. care. Mateo. Sorry. Mateo. Mateo. Yep. My bad. Mateo. Mateo. Yep. Um, but he, uh, another versatile player. I'm not... I hate that he plays so well for the Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. It, it just, like I said, he he's that player that you can do whatever you want. He really has helped that defense to to at least be above average. I think if you were missing him, that defense would absolutely fall apart. Like he's one of those few players that if you look at that Chiefs team, you cannot lose him. You, you can't lose Mahomes. Can't lose Tyreek Hill. Can't lose lose Travis Kelsey can't lose Chris Jones and now can't lose Tyran as well. I mean, th- those are the five players. You lose one of those. It really drops their chances of making the Super Bowl again by a lot. Yeah, I agree with you a lot. Um, he's very versatile. He's a good player. He's an energy player for them as well. Um, and uh, hard not to list him on here. Um, he's also one that is as good playing too high and he can come down and be your slot also like super versatile player. Um, really talented. I thought the chiefs, when they paid him that big deal, especially after that, didn't he have a second ACL injury with the, yep. the Cardinals? And it was like, uh, how's he going to be? They paid him that big contract. I, 
yeah, hats off to them. They've made a good deal. That was a good contract uh, to bring him in, and I think it changed their defense a lot. Changes their the culture on that defense also. Um, so uh, I guess you have Frank Clark to balance that out the other way. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. Um, now we have uh, that final defensive back position. I kind of gave it as a wild card here. Uh, safety, nickel, wide corner, whatever. I went with Derwin James. Um, I know that he has, he's had injuries and I know you said, Nick, if you put on Derwin James, I swear to God, I'll kill you. It's not exactly what you said, I'm <laughs> paraphrasing. Um, but the Derwin is just, he's too talented to leave off of here. And, um, he's also extremely versatile. Um, I think he's the number one tight end stopping player, um, in the NFL also. So if I'm looking to play like a box safety type, some roles or like go dime package where I have a dime backer out there, uh, Derwin James is, uh, is my dude. Uh, in that regard. So uh, I'm going Derwin as that sixth defensive back, figuring out ways to get him on the field. Then he's just, again, he's just way too talented not to list. Yeah. And I did want to, yes, yeah, so the E is silent on Travis Kels. But his brother says it's Kelsey. Okay. Yeah. I Even so, his own teammates say he's never told us that it wasn't Kelsey. I think I think Travis I Kelsey like, was just teasing us. I, I, I feel like so. We talk about it right now because his yeah, own brother, because uh, <laughs> his brother is a, uh, the Eagle center, right? Jason Kelsey. And he's like, no, it's Kelsey. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll stick with Kelsey. Cause it just feels weird to say Kelsey at this point. Like, dude, if you hadn't corrected people until like your 12th season in the NFL, that's on you. Yeah. It's going to, you, you just, your name has been changed now. And uh, yeah. I love this question here. Since you're talking about him, KB 82 saying how close behind is a relatively healthy Derwin James to Justin Simmons. It's a tough question. It's like comparing uh Randy Moss to Wes Welker, right? Like they're, they're, they play wide receiver, but their skill set and what they're asked to do is very different. Maybe not to that extent, um, but uh, you know, Derwin James being ideal in a cover three heavy scheme where he can be closer to the box. He can be blitzing sometimes. Um, he not that he can't play single high or two deep, but uh, that's not his best role. Where Justin Simmons much better in the back half or the middle of the field area, not totally close to the line of scrimmage where Der, uh, Derwin James makes his money. Uh, so that's that's what I lean on, lean on there for as far as what's the difference there. Um, they're different. You know, they're different yeah. types of safeties. I, I'm with you, and I did put Derwin James on my list. Good. I good. I thought about leaving him off, but you're right. When he is healthy, he is one of the top ten players in the entire division. Yeah. I, I mean, just that, like I said, the versatility, what he brings to the table, that tight end killer, that is so so rare in the NFL. I mean, there's just not many safeties, linebackers, anybody that you could look look at them and say, that's the guy I want one-on-one with a tight end. Yeah. Derwin James, I could feel okay with it. He's still going to lose some, but anybody's going to lose against a great tight end. Uh, and I did want to say, Rich, Rich, I'm glad that you're safe. Uh, yeah. Having the yeah. two tornadoes hit close to you. But uh, stay safe out there. This is always kind of crazy weather time. Uh, I mean, I think about each week I've come on here this summer and said, man, we just had a crazy storm come through. So uh, yeah, everybody stay safe out there. Don't go out there and watch those tornadoes, take pictures, get in the basement. I'm in Iowa from Iowa. So I'm not going to tell you to do anything like that. It's your freedom. If you want to grab a bush of light and sit in a lawn chair and watch the tornado, <laughs> God bless. Uh, All right. but, uh, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got Zebulon coming in here. Uh, St. Patrick Sertan is going to take that tight end stopper labor label hashtag PS2. And then uh, John, um, working over on Facebook as well, double timing. Uh, personally, would love to see if you were an N64 controller for just as a necklace. Um, did you see that PS2 necklace for uh-huh. Patrick Sertan? Yep. Great. Much, I, I got to say, a little bit better than uh, Jerry Judy wearing the Star of David saying, like, why are you wearing that? He's like, because they call me Jew. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's bad. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, at the combine. Yeah, John's like, are you serious? Yeah, that's yeah. at the combine. He's like, are you yep. the Star of David necklace? What's going on? Oh, because my teammates call me Jew for Judy. Yeah. And then I think a week later he had to do a, a an apology and be like, Oh, I didn't really understand what I was saying and doing. And I mean, yeah, it, it was kind of a whole just, mess. It was just but, ignorant. I don't know. There's, yeah. Doesn't mean it's okay. Yeah, but anyway, anyway. The, the PS2 controller, very funny um, there, but uh, yeah, John says, and John's okay with it. It's just, it's just weird, right? It's like, Hmm. All right. You're a, you're kind of an oddball in jury Judy. Yeah. Um, but uh Carl, so what do you have here for your um, final one? I think uh, Richie Rich asked, what scheme are we running here? Uh, we're trying to run an ab- amorphous scheme. Is that the word? Uh, where we listed 13 players here. So we're trying yeah. to pick every single scheme. It's an all AFC West defense. We're not like drafting our own team here and talking the scheme. Like we're just trying to get the best players on here that somewhat fit uh, the rules that we are assigning them to. So right. not really a scheme. And also it's 13 players. So you can multiple schemes. 
Right. I can take my two linebackers off the field and just keep, well, what would that be? Seven secondary players on the field. There you go. And if I have to run four, three base, Derwin James, you're my will. Let's do it, baby. That's, <laughs> there you go. Honestly, be probably one of the best wills in football. Probably. Um, if you had to. Uh, so, uh, Carl, let's do the breakdown here as far as what you had uh, positional wise uh, for breakdowns. I know that I tried to be strict, more strict on the Broncos. It's kind of like when uh, I'm, I don't have any kids, but I picture it as like, you know, you're the coach and your kid is on the team and you are harder on your kid because you don't want to be like doing favoritism. Right. So it's like, I'm just going to be, you know, a little bit harder, a little bit stricter for my own kid because I don't want everyone else to think that I'm being biased or favored to them. That's kind of what I'm doing with the Broncos here. Okay. Um, so I only have five Broncos listed only. They're the number one team um, with five players listed. The Chargers actually came in with four. So uh, maybe this Chargers team, I don't know if you saw Pro Football Focus, just did a list of the top uh, teams set up for future success. Chargers are one of those four. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Um, and uh, so the Chargers had four here. Um, the Chiefs had three. And the Raiders had one because the Raiders defense is sad and pathetic. They're yep. just, they're just so bad. So I had seven Broncos, man. I know Homer alert. Woo-hoo. Uh, three chiefs, two chargers, one Raider. Okay. And I feel like I was being generous to the Raiders. Cause I felt like I can't leave. I can't have them with zero. Right. I mean, I almost did, but I thought Haskins actually, or Hankins actually deserved the uh, the listing here. Uh, he's yeah. da- I think he's the best nose tackle in this division. And uh, there's kind of a drop off after Chris Jones. Granted, that's true because Chris Jones is so talented. So running it down here real quick before we get out of here. Carl, you can list your team as well, but I'll go with mine. Ed Rusher, Bradley Chubb, interior defensive lineman, Chris Jones, interior defensive lineman, Jonathan Hankins, interior defensive lineman, Shelby Harris, Ed Rusher, Joey Bosa, off-ball linebacker, Kenneth Murray, off-ball linebacker, Josie Jewell, Cornerback, Kyle Fuller. Cornerback, Mike Davis. Cornerback, Legereus Sneed. Safety, Justin Simmons. Safety, Tyron Matteo. And I give you a hard time. I definitely mispronounced that. And uh, my d- defensive back, last guy, Derwin James. All right. Well, I got Von Miller and Joy Bose at the edge. Chris Jones, Shelby Harris, and Draymond Jones for the interior defensive line. Josie Jewell, Nick Kiewitkowski, uh for the linebacker position. Cornerbacks, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, Legereus Sneed. Safeties, Justin Simmons and Tyron Matteo. Uh, and the defensive back, Derwin James. And like I said, I mean, if I'm looking at a team that's being pretty multiple, I especially like those safeties because they can do multiple things. I like the, the cornerbacks because, again, guys that can kind of move in and out on a few of them. And linebackers, that one position that you're looking at going, oh, my gosh, that's where – if we had like divisions playing against each other, that's where they're going to attack. Yep. And I, I feel like that would be the one area that they would lose big time. Very true. Very true. Well, guys coming up in an hour, six o'clock here, uh, Pacific time, seven o'clock mountain time. I think it's time for us to get on out of here. Uh, thank you very much for everybody joining us. This has been building the Broncos. It's every Tuesday night at six o'clock mountain time. We'll be here again next Tuesday as well. Same time, same place. Um, so we'll see you guys then. You guys can follow Carl and myself on Twitter, Carl at Carl Dumbler, MHH and myself at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also shout out to John for running the podcast behind the scenes here, helping us do this. Uh, you can follow him. Buona beast at John K MHH also over on Twitter. Guys follow us at PTB football pod and at mile high huddle uh, for you. Facebook people coming in. I see that call of action for calling in for the likes, the hearts, the cares. They came in 35. That's a good number for a, dead season uh so thank you very much for doing that while you guys are over on facebook if you haven't dropped the like or the heart yet uh, also make sure you join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod or facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle uh and also guys our number one uh way to get eyeballs on here make sure that if you're joining us on youtube today subscribe like and share doing that can help us reach new audience members you know it's the season is about to start so if we can get that push right now um where you guys if you're enjoying the contact not just this show but all the shows um if you guys can go ahead and hit the like button there uh like subscribe and share over on youtube that can help us so much get new people and uh you know bring them into the fold like this is a great community and sometimes it's not always the case where uh communities get too big and sometimes get a little toxic but i don't think we've hit that yet here in uh, the mile high huddle community so uh, let's get some more people in here bring them into the fold and let's have some fun and uh let's have a great season but uh thank you guys very much for joining us carl what what are your plans the rest of the night uh get a little supper and then since i I told you i got a 190 mile hike that i gotta start training for 
I should probably do a little exercise, get into a little shape, and uh, and then just kind of get some things organized for tomorrow. Got my daughter. Uh, we're going to be hanging out all day, and so want to get a few crafts going and a few ideas, and I'll probably try to get that a little organized tonight. What about you, man? Yeah, um, I was going to pull up that thing that I just had up there, but it's gone. Oh, no. Well, uh, if John, why don't you pull that back up? I'm sorry I did that. Oh, and here we go. Uh, thank you guys for being super supporters. Gary Leeds Palmer, uh, Justin Bielke, Steve Lazuski, Brian Greenfield, Mr. Boggins, Andrew Baker, Andrew Morrow. Uh, thank you guys very much for joining us today and contributing to the show. That means a heck of a lot for us, a, a lot to us. Um, I'm probably just going to cook dinner and uh, take the dog on another walk. Like I said, I got a backpacking trip uh, coming up in a couple weeks, and I'm just trying to get those steps in. Yeah, so I'm in as uh, good a shape as possible. It's only going to be like 30 miles, but it's like 5,000 feet of elevation gain or something like that. So uh, it'll be a lot. It'll be a good time, but uh, it'll be a lot. So uh, I'll have fun. And uh, everybody, thank you guys for joining us so much tonight. This has been uh, Building the Broncos. We'll see you guys again next Tuesday. But for now, signing off. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.